God time here on The Breakfast Show. It is Bible study time. It is time for questions. It is time for us to look at uh, text messages and have another question for a quiz. All right. Complete this passage. Saul has killed his thousands, but David his... If you know the answer, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text and you'll go into the draw to win the Miracles and Pitfalls Bible Adventure Board game. We'll give that to you for free. All you have to do is answer that question correctly. Get in the draw. You, this is your second last opportunity. We'll, we will be having the draw at 8.45 this morning. But again, that question was complete the passage. Saul has killed his thousands, but David his... You know the answer? 0491-064-669. All right. Text coming from the text messages here. Uh, this one first says Australia has more than 100 operating hydroelectric power stations with total installed capacity of 7,800 megawatts. Australia has 49,832. Someone has done some research. Um, yeah. <laughs> Australia has 49,832 megawatts capacity with a demand of 35,626 megawatts as at 2020. Great news. It means we have 14,206 megawatts extra capacity, mm. which you kind of have to have to be able to have base load. Yeah. So that's pretty much what's necessary for, you know, those to be able to handle the peaks, mm. you know, when all of the air conditioners come on at once, mm. etc. All right. Where are we going here? Wearing the cross. Governments hate Christ. Satan is in charge. If they read the last book of the Bible, they would realize they are in the losing team. Mm. Can an ant fight against an elephant? They should give up up while they can. Mm. And, you know, when it comes to wearing the cross, I know a lot of Christians who would never wear a cross. Yeah. You know, like, oh, this is an ancient pagan symbol. And, you know, I don't have a problem with the symbol of the cross. Uh, It is an ancient pagan symbol. There's no question about that. But we've got to remember, you know, what does it communicate to somebody when they see you wearing a cross? It just simply communicates that you're a Christian. Mm. And uh, the sad thing is a lot of people who wear it just wear it because it's a nice shape to wear. Yeah, trendy. And it's trendy rather than actually attaching meaning to it. Mm. Okay, free speech. The remnants of free speech will soon be totally taken away in a completely different way. Religion will take control of the state and there will be a 180-degree turn. But it will be church-approved free speech without the truth of Jesus. In fact, true Christians will be persecuted in the name of their God, mm. Satan. Uh, and this is exactly what you'll find in Revelation 13. Mm. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why we talk about religious liberty and we talk about free speech here on this station is because of the relationship between those issues and Revelation 13, which is right in the center of the book of Revelation and talks so much, is focused on those events that will take place just before the return of Christ and restrictions on religious liberty, the abolition pretty much of religious liberty, uh, because as soon as you put restrictions on it, it's abolished, mm. and free speech are central to that chapter mm. right there. Uh, if you've got questions on Revelation 13, give us a call, 0491 We would love to arrange somebody to be able to spend some time with you going through a Bible study on Revelation 13 and helping you to understand it more clearly. Mm. It is a fantastic chapter. Okay, by the time all the disciples died, wasn't the gospel preached to all the world? Not saying that... The world accepted it. The Bible talks about 
if all that Jesus did written in the books there would be no room to hold them in the whole world. Yes, the Bible does say that. Does that mean that the gospel was preached here to uh, Aboriginal folk in Australia during the first century? And the answer is most likely no. Mm. So how can the Bible say that the gospel went to all the world if it didn't come to Indigenous people in Australia in the first century? Mm. And the answer is found in the book of Luke, chapter 2, and we need to understand the biblical understanding of the whole world and that phrase, that terminology, the whole world, uh, in the first century. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Let me ask you a question, Lawson. Was Caesar Augustus taxing uh, indigenous Australians in the first century? No. No, he wasn't. But the Bible says that he was taxing the whole world. Mm. You can only tax the world if you rule the world, and so the Bible uses the term the whole world to refer to the Roman Empire. Mm. That's interesting because the Roman Empire was very, very expansive in the first century. Mm. I mean, it expands up into places like Germania, mm. um, of course, into what we now call England today. Mm. It wasn't called England back then. Places like that. And so when the Bible says that it went to those places... Went there in the first century. We do not have the records of that happening. Mm. We have the records of Christianity arriving in many of those locations after that, mm. but the Bible says, yep, it was already there. Mm. And you can imagine that a lot of these missionaries would be just unsung heroes who have never been heard of, who went to those locations and preached Jesus Christ and may or may not have had any mm. conversions, mm. may have died a martyr's death. Who knows what happened? but we do know that they did go to those locations. Mm. Okay, continuing on here, I saw a Greek priest in Blacktown Hospital the other day with a big wooden cross around his neck and a black robe, obviously going to the dying. How beautiful to have that man with you in your last hours. That's from Patricia. Mm. Absolutely. And this is what, how are you going to be a chaplain and give comfort to people from a Christian perspective, if you can't tell people, I'm a Christian. Mm. Now, now, you can give comfort to people from a secular perspective. It doesn't yeah. mean that you have to talk about Jesus. I can give comfort to people from you know in a secular perspective. It's not the same, and it's pretty lame, but we do that. That's what we do. Mm. You know, if somebody doesn't want to know about Jesus, they don't, you know, we ask the question. Do you want to know about Jesus? Mm. And if they say no, that is their right, that is their decision. We're not there to ram religion down their throat, throat in their last hours. That's their decision to make. Mm. But we at least introduce ourselves as being Christians. Mm. Uh, let me see here. The news about discrimination against Christians is just another sign that Jesus is coming back soon. I just read an article about a 10-year-old boy who shot his mother in the face because she didn't buy him a VR headset. The Bible Yikes. predicted that the love of many will grow cold. Clearly the devil is working hard because he knows his time is almost up. There are some truly horrific stories that we see coming through. And this is one of the things, that, things that's interesting about working in this job is that we report on some of the stories, mm. but we kind of see them all. Mm. And there's heavy stuff. Mm. comes across our page every single day. And stories like that one there, it's like, how does this happen in our world? I mean, mm. obviously, if a 10-year-old is doing something like that, there's a lot of backstory to that. Mm. There's a lot of trauma that that child has already grown up with. Mm. 
he is both a victim and a perpetrator. Mm. You know, we don't downplay the fact that he did a terribly wrong thing and just say, oh, he's a victim, he's a victim, he's a victim. Yes, I'll guarantee he is a victim, mm. a perpetrator as well, mm. and that also carries consequences. Anyway, those that's what you had to say this morning. We'd love to hear from you. Our number is 0491-064-669. Send your messages through, and we will read them here on Faith FM Radio. Regardless of whether we agree with them or not. We will. We always do. That's right. Okay, First John chapter 5, verse 3 to 12 is our passage for today. So First John chapter 5, chapter 5, verse 3 to 12. Yes. Start reading. Yes. The Bible says, Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with his testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And all three agree. Since we believe in human testi- since we believe human testimony, surely we believe a- we can believe a greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about His Son. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about His Son. And this is what God has testified. He has given eternal life, and this is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son does not have life. That's uh, a pretty simple statement there. If you have Jesus, you've got life eternal. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Okay, there are lots of really, really cool things that we could go through mm. in this passage right mm-hmm. here. I think your passage might have... Did yours, did yours have, uh, there are three that bear witness in heaven? Yes. Verse 7. It says, so these are three are witnesses, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. Okay. Yeah. A lot of modern translations don't have that. Um, or they'll put a thing in there and say, oh, this one shouldn't be there. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Fair anyway, enough. be that as it may, um, what's interesting here is is this particular, particularly when you get down to the end, verse 12, he that has the son has life. He that does not have the son does not have life. Mm. Okay, so what kind of life is it talking about here? Is it talking about spiritual life? Is it talking about physical life? Is it talking about eternal life? We need to look at the context. Mm. What kind of life is being spoken of? Mm. Verse 11, so now we look at the context, the previous verse. This is the record that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Mm. So in context, what kind of life are we talking about in verse 12? Eternal life. Okay, so let's read it with that context. He that has the Son has eternal Eternal life. life. Yes. And he that does not have the Son of God does not have what? Eternal life. Does not have eternal life. Mm -hmm. Are we sure on that? Yep. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go to 1 John chapter 3 Mm -hmm. and verse 15. And in verse 15, the Bible says, Anyone who hates a brother or a sister is really a murderer at heart, and you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Okay. My translation simply says that uh, here in, uh, you know that no murderer has eternal life. Mm. 
Okay, so let's stop and think about that for a moment. The Bible says that no murderer has eternal life. The Bible says that eternal life is given to those who belong to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that those that do not belong to Jesus Christ do not have eternal life. Now, we're going to come back and we're going to look at what John means when he says you have eternal life right now. Okay, But before we do, we need to ask the question, if the Bible is so absolutely explicit mm-hmm. that lost people do not have eternal life, mm. in other words, there is no such thing as natural immortality, the only kind of immortality that exists is conditional immortality. Mm-hmm. So the, the doctrine of natural immortality states that it is impossible for a human being to actually die. Mm. That when you die, you continue to live in, a, in another form, whatever that form might be. There are a bunch of different variations from that. This is what Satan said in the Garden of Eden when he says you will not surely die. Mm. Satan was saying you have natural immortality. There's no such thing as actual death. Mm. There's things that appear like death when you may lose your body and so forth, but there's no such thing as actual death. Mm. And if there is, if natural immortality, conditional immortality says that, well, yes, you can have immortality if you give your life to Jesus Christ. That's conditional because it has an if. Mm-hmm. Natural immortality says there are no ifs. Mm. It's impossible to die. The only question is where you end up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if natural immortality is a thing, then if you're a wicked person and you die and you go to hellfire and it's impossible to die, then you have eternal hellfire. Mm. You see the problem with accepting natural immortality? The moment you go down that path, it leaves you in a position that destroys the character of God because now Mm. you've got a God who keeps people alive simply for the purpose of torturing them. Yeah. And that is absolutely horrific. And if that is who God is, I want to have nothing to do with him. Mm. The question then here is, if natural immortality is a thing, then why is the Bible so explicit and say so clearly, no murderer has eternal life? Mm. No unforgiven murderer, to Mm -hmm. qualify that. Sure. Why does the Bible say so explicitly in 1 John 5 and verse 12, he that has the Son has life, and he that does not have the Son does not have eternal life? Life. Mm. Or even just, it doesn't even need to say eternal. He who does not have the son does not have life. Yeah. And and, and the question yeah. is, what is the definition of life? Okay, but... Being alive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> People could argue that, like, oh, I could be talking about spiritual, you know, being spiritually alive. Yeah. You know, that's why verse 11, Qualifies the previous it, yeah. verse tells us exactly, the context tells us exactly what kind of life it is that John is talking about. Mm -hmm. He's talking about eternal life. You don't get eternal life if you are a lost person. Mm. And yet so many people in our world today will say, no, 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 natural immortality is a thing. It's impossible to actually die. It just depends where you go when you die and that some people are going to go to heaven and some people will go to hellfire, but even those who are lost have eternal life. Mm. What does the Bible say the wages of sin is? Death. Right. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible describe hellfire as? Let's go over to hellfire um, and let's go over to Revelation chapter 21. 
Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21. Mm -hmm. And let's read verse 4. Yep. The We've Bible, read this before, but let's read it again. The Bible says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Okay, so the Bible says that, you know, and this is this is the end of the great controversy right here, that there's no more tears, there's mm. no more death, there's no more sorrow, there is no more crying or pain. Mm. That's pretty clear, wouldn't you say? Mm. So then if you're going to have believe in natural immortality mm. and if you're going to believe that the wicked go to hellfire for eternity, mm. what's the point if there's no pain? Yeah, do they just like sit there and wait around? I mean, they just, uh, you know, is this the, where Bible the, says, the Bible says there is no more pain. Yeah, is this where the doctrine of purgatory comes from? It's like a little, you know, waiting room to get in. Yeah, okay. Let's go down to verse 8 and let's clear this one up in verse 8. It says, But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, the murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcrafts, idol worshippers, and liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. No, 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 no. It shouldn't say that. It should say that's the second life. Because <laughs> they've had the life here on this earth and yeah. now they have the life in hellfire. Yeah, but it says here that it's the second death. But it should say the second life. There's something wrong with the Bible here, well, right? Well, it's kind of blasphemous. But, yeah, um... it is kind of blasphemous. <laughs> I'm just trying to make a point here mm. in relationship to what the Bible teaches mm. in relationship to death because there are so many things that people, because, and, and we all suffer from this, those things that we grow up with, mm. we assume. Mm. Those things that we have never been challenged with, we tend to just assume, well, everyone believes in it. Mm. Every church preaches this. So it must be right. Until somebody comes along and points out, um, actually, where do you find that in the Bible? Mm. And ask that question. And then you go to the Bible and you start searching and it's like, uh, it's not there. Mm -hmm. And that just gets embarrassing and awkward. So we're saving you the embarrassment and the awkwardness here on Faith FM. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go back to First John. First John chapter 5. Great passage here in First John chapter 5. I had some really interesting research on this chapter uh, recently. Mm. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. First John chapter 5 and verse 12. The Bible says, He that has the Son has life. Mm. Lawson. And, and the context here is eternal life. Mm. Let me ask you this question. Do you have Jesus Christ? Yes. Praise God. Mm. Uh, does that mean then you have eternal life? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Praise God. I, I was, uh, I, I was, you're a little bit more hesitant yeah, than that. Yeah, because, because I don't know, Lyle, like yeah, you, yeah. You, you're out here doing some trick questions sometimes and I didn't want to get stitched up with a, no, but Lawson, you could die and the eternal life is to come. But yes, if you have the son, you have eternal, you have eternal life. life. You have the promise of eternal life. All right. Now you've added in there the promise of eternal life. Mm -hmm. uh, and you've done that because of context. Mm -hmm. But we need to now decide, is that valid or not? Mm. Does the Bible actually support you adding in there the promise of eternal life? Because those words are not in this passage. Mm. This passage just simply says you have eternal life. Mm. And so if you had this passage on its own, you would assume that, okay, yes, the wicked, they die, mm. 
and they never come back. But maybe Christians have natural immortality. I'll maybe just people keep that have, living. Maybe yeah. Maybe you will never die, and that you will float off to heaven when you die. Or I'll just it won't float off to heaven. I'll just be alive forever. Maybe is, is that what the Bible is trying to say? In this physical body, in this physical body, most people would think not because they've been to a funeral. Yeah, <laughs> but. We need to answer this question, and we're going to come back and talk about it. This- You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and we are delving into an interesting question in the Bible. Why does the Bible say that we, that believers, us, have eternal life Right now, mm. does that mean that we will that we have a naturally immortal soul? Have we been gifted natural immortality, or what does that actually mean? Mm. We're going to find out in just a moment. Lawson, what's the next question for our quiz? The final question for our ki- quiz before the draw: To whom did the dragon give authority according to Revelation thirteen zero four nine one zero six four six six nine? Again, our prize for this week. Which you have a final opportunity to get into miracles and pitfalls, the board game. That question was: To whom did the dragon give authority according to Revelation thirteen zero four nine one zero six four six six nine? Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get back into our question right now. I just want to say before we jump into our question that we've been looking at question of the day is coming up. Mm-hmm. We've had a bit of a backlog of questions which has been nice. always nice to have a backlog of questions coming through. Mm. We've run out. Mm. We have no backlog of questions left. 0491-064-669. That's the number to call or text if you have a question of the day. Send us a question through for question of the day. There has not been a single solitary question that has been asked, Bible question that has been asked of The Breakfast Show that we have not answered. Mm-hmm. So but like there are other questions? questions which we'll avoid, like, Lyle, why don't you dye your hair? That's a question you could ask. Lyle won't answer it. I, I, I could answer it very easily. It's like I have my my interest in dyeing my hair is so far below zero. It's, even, it's not even <laughs> calculable. But I think you should anyway. You can think whatever you want. <laughs> I honestly couldn't care less. The color of my hair is not something that has ever interested me in the slightest way. Mm. All right, let's get back to our question. And our question is this. John says, he that has the son has life. Mm. And in context, that is, he has eternal life. Does that mean when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you now have eternal life and you will never die? Mm. That you will never be subject to the resurrection because you never die. Mm. Let's go back to the Gospel of John and let's find out What does Jesus say? And why does Jesus say this? So John chapter 6 is where we're going and verse 53. We're going to read the words of Jesus right here. John chapter 6 and verse 53. Lawson, go for it. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. Okay, there you go. Uh, The Bible is very clear. Unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus, you can't have eternal life. Mm. So reverse that equation then. Let's say that you do eat his flesh and you do drink his blood. What do you have? Eternal life. Okay. 
And that's exactly what Jesus says in the next verse. Go mm-hmm. In the next verse, it says, But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise that person at the last day. That's interesting. Because the simple reality is you can't have a resurrection unless you first have a, a death. death. So the resurrection presupposes... A death. Mm. It requires a death. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus speaks in the present tense and when Jesus says, right now, at this moment, you have eternal life. Mm. So Jesus speaks in the present tense. He then, in the present tense, says, and I will raise you up at the last day. Mm. Okay, so... Clearly, when Jesus says you have eternal life right now, this is based on the promise of God. And this is a principle that you find throughout Scripture and it helps us to understand exactly what's going on here. You'll find many, many places in Scripture. In fact, let me give you an example, Revelation chapter 13. I'll give you an example of this. The promises of God are always so sure they are counted as present reality. Oh, Lyle, this is a bit risky because okay. our, our, our final quiz question was from Revelation 13. Ooh. So we just we might stumble on the answer, uh-huh. but that's okay because we want to give you guys the opportunity to to get in. So listen, listen out. Revelation thirteen and verse eight, <laughs> the Bible says, "And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. They are the ones whose names are not written in the book of life, uh, the book of life before the world was made. That book belongs to the Lamb who was slaughtered." Let me read it from the King James Version. Mm-hmm. It's clearer. All that live on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Mm. When was when did Jesus die on Calvary? In 31 AD. When was the world founded? Much before that point. A long time before that. <laughs> Let's say around 4,000 BC. Yeah. 6,000 years ago. Mm. So let's say about 4,000 BC, mm. give or take somewhat. Uh, we then have a problem. The Bible says that Jesus was slain from or from before the foundation of the world. But when did Jesus actually die? 31 AD. These are the kind of like, quote, unquote, we're going to resolve this, but these are the kind of, quote, unquote, contradictions that yes. non-Christians bring up when they're yes. like, yeah, the Bible's full of contradictions. They'll They'll say stuff like this. They'll say, they'll go to like Genesis and they'll say, look, Adam and Eve only had two kids and they were boys. How did the world get populated? Like, <laughs> like just stuff like that. Arguments from silence. Yeah, it's it's insane. But again, what we're seeing If here, you don't understand the promises of God mm-hmm. and you don't understand the Bible teaches the promise of God are so sure they are counted as present reality, mm-hmm. then you could get confused over something like this. For sure. If you want to use it as totally legal language. Mm-hmm. I spent the afternoon in court yesterday. Really? Yeah. What did they get you on, Lyle? They didn't get me on anything. Oh, they tried to get me on a lot of stuff. Really? Yeah, they were, I was being cross-examined as a witness. Lawyers are brutal. I've never done that before. Wow. They'll try and pick you up on like the smallest. I had this section in there that was in italics and quotation marks, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they've gone at me and they've like, are these the exact words that were spoken? Mm-hmm. You've placed them in italics and quotation marks in your affidavit. Therefore, that implies that they are the exact words that are spoken. I'm like, the previous line says words to the effect of. Mm. 
And they just keep coming back to it. No, but you put it in italics and quotation marks. I'm like, with the qualifying words, mm. words to the effect of. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, lawyers, this is God speaking in a language that we can all understand if we read the Bible. Mm. This is not God trying, you know, a lawyer would pick this apart and go, oh, yeah. No, this is not this is not something for a lawyer to pick apart. Mm. This is God saying that the plan of salvation was there from before our world was created. Absolutely. And that Jesus from before our world was created was the son of God who would die. Mm. From before our world was created. That's all has always been he has been our mediator from eternity. There's always been a time when Jesus was our mediator and was going to be the one who was going to die and is therefore the son of God. Mm. And so when we look at this particular passage, we see a great example of the promises of God are so sure they are always counted as present reality. And so when we give our life to Jesus Christ, we can with confidence say, I've got eternal life. Mm. Why can we say that? Are we assuming we will never die when we say that? No, we are not assuming that we will never die when we say that. We are assuming that we have the promise of the resurrection, which is so sure that we can say, I have eternal life. Mm. It's as simple as that. I mean, you think about it when a person dies, it's like a... And the next thing they see is the return of Jesus Christ. Mm. That's got to be pretty exciting. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Christmas songs coming through. That's right. It's the first... Well, the second. The second? It's the second of December today, right? Is it? I'm pretty sure. Yes, second it of is the second of December. Was so the first of December you know, producer Shell, she's going to be playing Christmas songs. Yeah, it's Christmas her favorite songs time of are year. awesome. Yes, I'm. I'm a, I'm a fan. There are lots I'll of people out there who aren't fans, but dudes, me too. Yes, absolutely. But hey, it is right now. You know, we could be could be singing Christmas songs, could be answering questions of the day. We could be doing a lot of things. But what we have to do is give you guys a prize. We do, and to give you guys a prize, that means we have to spin the wheel, which I assume is okay. It's spinning. You can hear it. It's someone's about to win a board around. game. It's slowing. Oh, games night happening. We need an invite. Who's it going to be? <gasps> and we have. Oh, we have a winner. Somebody only just snuck over the line. All right. So, did you hear that shells, last? Did you hear that last? I, just the click, and then then bam. <sighs> Didn't I'll, think it was going to make it over. There. I love it. I love how we have a virtual wheel, and it somebody, every somebody, every time it plays us like that. Somebody got it by their fingernails. That's right. But, hey, let's have a look at some of the answers for the quiz while we try to get them on the phone. Which woman is noted as wandered in the desert of Beersheba for a time with her son? That's Hagar. Um, why does Solomon caution us not to boast about tomorrow? Because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Tomorrow might be good. Tomorrow might be bad. We don't know. So don't boast about it. Uh, a gentlewoman asked Jesus to cast the devil out of what member of her family? Her daughter complete the passage Saul has killed his thousands but David his tens of thousands and finally to whom did the dragon give authority according to Revelation 13 and that's what we were actually reading a verse about them in our Bible study the dragon gave authority in Revelation 13 to the beast indeed the dragon gave authority to the beast and the beast went and seat 
his and great authority. Yeah, that's right. And the Beast went and did a bunch of terrible things. Right. But do we have our winner on the phone? They're not picking up. Who was our winner? We didn't. We didn't get to see the screen. Shell, we're quick, trying to get them on the phone. Quickly flashed it to if us. We can't get them on the phone. We need to know who then, it is. Then we'll just congratulate them. Yes. Regardless. So we're we're trying to do that now. Uh, but yeah, I it must be time for. Sorry, his name was Owen, but he didn't answer, so we will get that sent out to him. Oh, Owen! Well, shout Congratulations, out Owen. Owen. Congratulations, Owen, for winning the board game. We can't wait to come to your part of the world and play that board game with you eventually at some time on top of a bus or in the Artemis moon rocket. Question of the day. But uh, Shell decided to cut me off there because, you know, she she thought it was she getting. Wanted, she wanted, didn't know what you're talking about, Artemis Moon, she, Artemis Moon Rocket. She she thought it was getting a bit too ridiculous. All the places we could potentially play the game. But right now, it's time for question of the day. Hannah asks this. Hannah asks, "Can we claim this promise? It shall come to pass that before you call, before they call, sorry, I will answer, and while speaking, uh, and while they are still speaking, I will hear." That's Isaiah 65 verse 24. Yes. Uh, when in context, this is referring to when the earth is made new and there is no more sin. Okay, so if we look at the previous verses and the, and the verses after it, the Bible says this, They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it will come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, the lion shall eat, the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Okay, so when we look at this passage here, it's very, very clearly talking about the new earth. It's mm-hmm. talking about a time that is after sin. And so the question is, can we claim this promise now? The context mm. talks about this being the reality after sin, but can we claim it now? Here's what the Bible doesn't say about the promise. The Bible doesn't qualify that this promise only applies to that particular time. And so you can absolutely claim this promise now and you will have many instances of this promise being fulfilled right now. In fact, I had an instance of this promise being fulfilled while we have been on air this morning. Mm. Okay, so I had a situation where I was asked to speak at a particular location and we've been struggling to organize transport. Mm. And uh, I was like, well, how are we going to do this and how are we going to do that? And it's and, and then I, I, I shot them a message back and I'm like, can I get a ride from this location? Mm. If I can get to that location, can I get a ride from there? The person texts back is like, well, interesting you ask. A couple of days ago, somebody came to me and said, I'm going to such and such a location and doing a, doing a run down there and back. Do you need me to pick anybody up? Mm. That conversation happened three days ago. So those arrangements for my pickup were made three days before we asked. Mm. And that happened while we were on air on the show this morning. You might have thought I was a little bit off with the fairies once or twice. The reason was I got this whole messages going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, while, you know, between the breaks trying to figure out how we are going to actually pull this trip mm. off. And now we might have it sorted. Epic. Absolutely epic. All right. So the answer to that question is this. Yes, you can claim it now. The Bible said, the Bible doesn't say you have to wait until the new earth until you can claim this promise. The Bible says this will be the reality in the new earth. Mm. It is also the reality now. Does God always work like this? Well, possibly because God always knows the end from the beginning. Mm. But often we don't see the results of it until after we have asked. When did God start arranging those results? 
We don't know the answer to that question, and we will one day find out how God has gone about arranging uh, the results. But this is certainly, you know, what an amazing promise right here. And essentially what God is promising us is this. I know your needs. Mm. I can see the future, and I can take care of your needs. I haven't forgotten you. I haven't missed you. I know exactly where you are right now. I know exactly what is going on in your life, and I am here for you. Mm. You can be in the most remote, obscure part of the planet, and you will never be in a situation where God is like, ah, I've lost track of that guy. I wonder whether he needs any help now. Where was he? Mm. You can't find a, a place that is that obscure. When I first gave my life to Jesus Christ, I was living in a place in southern Tasmania in just a random apple picker's hut in the middle of a paddock beside a dam, and that's where God found me. Mm. You know, a lot of people would look, well, that's kind of like a random place in the world. Mm. Does God really know where you are and really know what you're doing? And he absolutely does, just as much as if I'd been in the most prominent place, in the most prominent city on the planet. Mm. God knows where you are and what your needs are. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. And we've come to the end of the show, we've the end a, of this week. We've got a couple of, uh, couple of text na- messages sneaking mm. through right here mm. at the end. Uh, who has more power, Satan or God? If God... How can people believe that he cannot destroy Satan? If Satan, why do we believe in God? But Mm. we have clear evidence that God is the greatest, so we should believe him. Mm. And sin and suffering will be destroyed. That's Mm. from Braden. And then Sky says, what did they get get on you, Lyle? Talking about my court case. (laughs) Nothing on me. I was just just the star witness. No, I wasn't the star witness. I was just a witness (laughs) being cross-examined. He was the star witness because he's a host on Faith FM. I was actually like one of the... He he got mobbed by the press as soon as he walked in. Faith FM radio host is, is going to court. It's a huge scandal. Yeah, whatever. I was actually a minor witness. But anyway, what did I get on your laugh? She says, yes, I believe you must be a strong... Narcissist to be in the legal industry. I've seen it times over. No grey, just their way, and money is always paramount, no justice. Mm. And that's pretty much the reality right here <laughs> is that the court case that I was a witness in is just all about the paramountness of money, mm. unfortunately. Wow. Don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.